Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Connect with Buston's home for sports online. 985thesportshub.com. The Patriots have a first and goal to go inside the seven right hash. Zapping under center. Delayed give to Elliott. Jump cut right. Breaks a tackle. Stays on his feet. Carries into the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots. Man, we are in this game. <laughs> it's crazy. Because you've got so many people out. I mean, it's a lot of backups in there. 13 guys. And the effort by Zeke Elliott. As I said, he's got a lot left in his tank. This guy's had a good year playing his role. And, man, what a dumb play by Poirier on that. Not that you need it to get it in because you're already in the red zone. Best thing about that late hit, too, it almost took out Mike Perry again. The guy's thinking about hanging him up. Man, that one would send him over the edge. What a teammate you are. All right, back here on the Shaw's and Star Market Patriots postgame show. Leroy Irvin's here. I'm Joe Murray. Going to be joined by Greg Bedard coming up in just a little bit. But tonight's rushing update brought to you by your New England Ford dealers who invite you to take advantage of the year-end offers on their entire lineup during their Make the Holidays Bright sales event. Uh, We've been talking about the 27-21 loss uh, Patriots versus the Bills today. And we welcome in Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. Greg uh, a bunch of things to get into here in this one, but um, our leadoff thought, this was a together thought, mm-hmm. Leroy and I. Um, you can't you can't have four turnovers in the first half and, and win games. It doesn't happen often. But we both thought the team played resilient after those tur- those turnovers and had a shot at the end of the game. And, you know, the, again, you can't win games when you have four turnovers early in the game. And I think uh, at the end, they had a shot, and, and that was really it in the end. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, um, look, like Belichick said, it was a terrible first 20 minutes outside of the opening kickoff return by Jalen Rager. And, um, you know, but after that, I thought um, the entire team, you know, played well for the most part. Um, The defense certainly did their part. You know, how much of that was them, how much of it was just a – bad day at the office for Josh Allen and a Bills offense that, you know, has been challenged, you know, I'm not really sure, but certainly the Patriots played a big role in it. I thought their, their plan to keep him in the pocket and mixed coverages, I think was very effective. And I thought that uh, Zappi, you know, really rebounded and played well uh, in the second half after his uh, tough start. I don't put all the interceptions. I put at least one interception on Jalen Rager, the third one. Um, but still to throw three picks on the road in Buffalo and then come back and mount a couple scoring drives, um, 
you know, that, that was good. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's sort of the same old, same old for this team. And it's been the, the story for the entire season. They're just not good enough. They're not good enough to overcome their mistakes. They're not talented enough to overcome those mistakes. And in the end, uh, they just they can't get it done more often than not. Uh, any idea on why it seems like Zappy is a quarterback of halves? One half he's decent, another half he's off. He may start a game strong, uh, end it poorly, and vice versa. Any reason why you, you think that's going on with him? I just – don't you know I just don't think he's he's good enough I think you know it just um you know I think that's about what he's capable of on an NFL level um you know if he has a well-rounded team around him um you know could it be a little bit better I think that's also part of it that you know uh, makeshift offensive line makeshift receivers uh you know it's going to be tough on anybody to make that work for an entire game. Um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do just where the Patriots are personnel wise uh, on offense at this point. Um, but I also think, you know, some of it has to do with Zappy that he's, you know, to me, I, I just think he's a backup level quarterback and that's what you're looking for. Come in for a half or so, you know, with an injury and, and get it done. Um, and uh, you know, over the, having the, the more he plays, the more he plays in each game and each week. Um, I just think he gets limited a little bit more. So I think it's a combination of things. Uh, today, there were some things I, I saw that I, I want to give Bill O'Brien credit for. Um, I don't know who was playing line at breaking some, news. No, 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 for news I, I, we can break it if you want, <laughs> but it, it, they, they had nothing. They played like they had nothing to lose today. Like this is this to me after 17 weeks, was the first time they actually played a football game with nothing to lose. And you saw Zappi push the ball. Um, I thought Rager made a really nice catch on that on that throw down the sideline. Um, the screens were working early on because they had that extra guy in the box. The line was putrid today. And there were some things I thought Zappi battled out of uh, to make some good mm-hmm. throws. But overall, the, the one that got me, and this is why I feel like in the end it is a talent issue, the, but the last punt of the game by them, Thornton kind of ran a slant before the sticks uh, or a drag before the sticks, and the defenders like were pushing him in front, and Zappi got him the ball. But he has to get to that line, and I just feel like that's another reason why talent in the receiving group, it doesn't help the quarterbacks, whether it's Zappi or Mac Jones or whoever. That was just one play today where I said, wow, the receiving room, they really need to change this thing up next year. Yeah, I yeah, I I would agree with that. I mean, I I I would put it more on sort of the lack of downfield options or the type of talent that sort of tilts coverage where you're like, you know, if you have say a Stefan Diggs like, you know, at one wide receiver spot, you know, in a big spot like that, a safety's going to be over the top and it's going to tilt coverage, so you know, maybe the quarterback knows he's going to have something backside to come back to when you're as limited as the Patriots are. And, you know, I think they lost Devontae Parker um, in this game, which which put them even further behind as far as talent. Uh, you know, it's and plus the line not giving Zappi very much time to work with. You know, it's similar to last week we saw there was another play very similar to the Taekwon Thornton play, and it might have been possibly the same play where it was a third and long and he ended up, you know, checking it down 
to Douglas last week, Thornton this week. And really, those guys are sort of the last resort. Um, it's not a primary option. He's not the primary route. You're trying to get the ball deeper, and because of the lack of talent on the outside and also on the offensive line, the quarterback has no no other recourse other than to check it down and hope that a guy breaks a tackle. And when you're dealing with a 170-pound toothpick, uh, that's kind of tough to do. Uh, so we could hit the breaking news sounder again if you'd like. Uh, I just, I'm watching the Broncos game right now. Jared Stidham threw a touchdown pass to who? Lil Jordan Humphrey, Greg. <laughs> I think they're just they're just trolling me right now. Sean Payton's in cahoots just trying to troll me right now. This is funny, though, right? Like, Jared Stidham out there, right? The guy that the Patriots could have went with uh, years ago, uh, throwing a touchdown pass right now to... Uh, to, to little Jordan Humphrey. So, so do we? Can we all agree though? Because after the game today, Greg, uh, social media was was up in arms. Like the Patriots played a competitive game. They were resilient late after four turnovers. They lost. They have a top three pick. Like, isn't this what everybody wanted? And people are still upset about whatever happened today. But like, this is what everyone wanted, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I'm not going to tell the fans uh, how they should feel. Um, Fan is short for fanatic for for a reason, and and they're passionate, and they spend a lot of money uh, on what they spend their money on, and and you know have lived and died with this team. So, you know, if they want to feel that, I you know I understand that. I think it's I, I think uh, a lot of the fans are similar to Bill Belichick, where it's you know they they're just so used to doing things a certain way and winning that it's tough to adjust that. But yeah, I mean, in at, at the end of the day. You know, big picture wise, the Patriots playing competitive, especially with the start that they had, but also losing and, you know, closing in on possibly the second overall pick in the draft. Uh, you know, all in all, um, not a bad day at the office if you're looking just <laughs> from 10,000 feet. But I know a lot of fans can't do that. So, you know, I, I obviously respect that. Mm-hmm. And we had a show to do for three hours. So they just, <laughs> that, we started with that one and then everybody was all fired up and it seems to. Uh, have cooled down a bit. But I know Leroy's got something for you on the other side about someone who may not be getting $6.5 million and what you have uh, the latest on that one. So we'll take a quick break. We'll uh, get these scores around the NFL and more with Greg Bedard here on the Safety Insurance 98.5 The Sports of Patriots Radio Network. The Celtics play here at the Sports Hub. First down and 10 for the Patriots after the six-yard rush. Two receivers right, including the tight end Brown on the wing. Two receivers left. Douglas inside of Rager. Zap, he's going to throw it long. Down the left side, looking for Jalen Rager. Ball is over the shoulder, falling at his knees, fading to the sideline at the Buffalo 30. What a throw. What a catch. What What concentration by Rager to slow the body down, and Zappi puts it right over the outside shoulder, drops it in. Four-man rush, seven deployed in the secondary, and they still find the seam outside. All right, back here on the Shaw's and Star Market Patriots post-game show. And with 16 completions by the Patriots today, Cash's Law donates another $1,600, which brings the Cash's for college season total right now to $33,900. The Cash's Care Scholarship ensures financial hurdles will not prevent students from pursuing their dreams. And there was a player that was a healthy scratch today, and Leroy and I were just uh, discussing maybe 
how the players would feel about it, but go ahead, Leroy. Give your take. Yeah, Greg, uh, Trent Brown was a healthy scratch today, obviously. Uh, Just about everyone is wondering if he was inactive because of incentives. I could have gotten him, what, $6.5 million in his pocket. Uh, What's the deal in your opinion? He was inactive today. Um, As Bill Belichick um, basically said in his post-game press conference, he said, uh, we played the players who wanted to play. Mm -hmm. Um, Based on the reporting from Mike Giardi over at Boston Sports Journal, um, that Trent's uh, want to, uh, as we reference often, his give-a-crap factor, uh, late in seasons is now basically at zero. It's surprised he has not been cut yet. Um, he has been uh, late to a lot of stuff. Um, Mike talked to a teammate who basically uh, referred to Trent Brown and saying like the rest of them are fighting, but you know, others are not. And um, yes, I would assume that this probably ends uh, Trent Brown's career as a New England Patriot as memorable as it was. Uh, is this a, a Patriots thing for for Trent Brown or if Trent Brown, let's say on the Ravens, it could be a, he could behave the same way. Uh, it's a good question. Um, so this is basically the third team that he's quit on after the 49ers, the Raiders, and now the Patriots, um, this is a Trent Brown thing. This is something that the Patriots brought on themselves, that they knew that the the chances of this happening um, were pretty good given his history, especially if things didn't go, um, you know, the team's way in terms of record and, and keeping him uh, bought in. Um, you know, he sort of goes with the flow. And uh, I think that the Patriots have been disappointed with him. So the opportunity to possibly – have him avoid his incentives, um, you know, probably appealed to them. I don't know. There could be a chance whether we see an NFLPA grievance filed on his uh, behalf. But, you know, to me, um, I'm not going to feel bad for the Patriots or Belichick that this is happening to them. They invited this on themselves when they decided not to draft the tackle position um, at all in this draft. Um, it, it further left themselves relying on Trent Brown. And so, you know, a lot of the crying that goes on about the Patriots injury situation and, you know, all that on, you know, how they ended up four and 12. Like, I really don't want to hear it because um, this was apparent to anybody who had an independent brain before the season that they were leaving themselves basically no margin for error and counting on a lot of players who either had, um, you know, competitive issues or injury issues or age issues or what have you um, so that this season could come through on the winning side and then it went the other way. Um, It was definitely in the realm of possibility before this season. Yeah, just to reference, uh, Trent Brown let the Patriots down again uh, over at the Boston Sports Journal. My my, my just question to you on that one is we know that he uh, reworked his deal uh, what beginning of the year before? I don't forget what week that was, but it was early on in the season. But him not now receiving the six point five million dollars. How do you think that the players in the locker room feel about that one? Um, I don't think they really care. I think they know uh, Trent and his issues and his history. And so, you know, if this was say Lawrence Guy that they did this to, um, that would be a little bit different. I think the players look at it and say. 
Trent brought him brought this on himself, and he has only himself to blame. That if he just you know stayed with the program and acted like a professional, like you're expected to do, then uh, he would be receiving some of his money. But he chose to do otherwise. Uh, you said if uh, Trent Brown acted like a professional, uh, a player on the team who I think has really carried himself as a professional is Ezekiel Elliott. I know he only he only has 157 uh, carries for 549 yards, but do you see a future? with the Patriots, uh, you know, in, in his career, in his future. I'm sure, um, I'm sure they would, you know, invite that. Um, again, you know, a lot of these discussions, we don't know who is running things um, and, you know, whoever is running personnel, do they look at this as a rebuild? In, in that case, I don't see the sense of it. I think I totally agree with you. I think uh, Ezekiel Elliott has been um, everything that he could have been for the Patriots and more. He's really surprised me this season throughout his, um, you know, I know he was always a good dude and respected by his teammates in Dallas and, and, and a professional. You just didn't know how that was going to play somewhere else in a foreign environment. Um, the Patriots being as demanding as they are, obviously a, sort of a 180 to how the Cowboys are run. And, and he's been tremendous. Um, I think he's been he's been one of their best, best players all season. It's just, you know, if the Patriots are looking at this as a major rebuild, is having a 30-something, you know, running back really up their alley, you would think that Ezekiel might use this, this season to, you know, get a little bit more money and latch on with somebody that's a little bit closer to a Super Bowl title because I do think he still has a lot to give other teams, and I think he showed that this season. All right, uh, we got a couple of people on the line here. I want to talk to you, Greg, so we'll start with RJ and Whitman. What's up, RJ? Hey, guys. How you doing? I was a uh, big fan. Happy holidays. Greg, I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, I called a couple of weeks ago uh, trying to bring your energy level up, but I don't know. Maybe it's like the fifteenth round of a boxing match, and we're all you know. It's, it, it's been season, a long, but, it's been a long season, RJ. Yeah, it's been a long it really, season. For it a it long really season. has. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I mean, we're all all this talk about a quarterback. I, I mean, you can talk about Mac Jones. You can talk about Bailey. I'm just gonna throw out some names. I don't even know half the linemen, but the line is horrible. You got Gasicki, Brown, Rager, Thornton, Douglas. You can throw Tom Brady in there. You can throw Marino. You can throw Tua in there. You can throw any of these great quarterbacks. They're not going to get results. They're not. So we're talking all about the quarterback. They need so much more than just a quarterback. It's so frustrating to see how the offensive side of this team was disrespected and how it was built. Mm-hmm. He, Coach Belichick, he's half. A general manager. He- Thanks, RJ. I appreciate it. I, th- I think we know that at this point, Greg. And do you think that, you know, still, it, let's just call it a top three pick, they'll address a quarterback or multiple positions with, with a, I guess, a, a low first round pick? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and I think, you know, RJ's, you know, overreaching point, you know, is a good one about, like, I think his point was, you know, even if they get a, uh, a quarterback in the top two, like, what's that going to do? Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily disagree with him. Um, you know, I would say, you know, look at look at Peyton Manning, look at Troy Aikman, their first seasons in the league uh, with sort of teams not quite in the same spot as the Patriots because you look at they have a lot of upside on the defensive side of the ball if they bring a lot of guys back. Um, but, you know, that sort of situation where – 
you know, you have a lot of room for growth um, on on offense. And so that, that person is going to take their lumps. Um, you know, I would just say, like, I don't, I don't want to be sound too overly optimistic, but I just want to say, I don't think it's as bad as it looks. Like if, you know, let's just say for argument's sake, you re-sign Michael Wenny and put him in at right tackle. Um, you have provided you get a, I think getting a better offensive line coach is a must, but you start with say Cole Strange coming back from injury, David Andrews, you have City So Moffy back in the mix. I think you're all right there. I do think you need a plug-and-play left tackle at some point. Um, you can't half-ass it with these has-beens and, and never-will-bees as the Patriots try to do it this offseason. You get Bourne back, possibly, uh, coming off an injury. Demario Douglas, franchise Hunter Henry to make sure you have a tight end. You know, now you're looking for, you know, you're looking for better at wide receiver, certainly a number one type. But I don't think all hope is lost. I don't think you know it's it's a it's dire straits. But um, I do understand his point, and there's something to that. All right, we'll have more with Greg Bedard coming up next from the Boston Sports Journal. Check out all his work there as well. Uh, Leroy Irvin's here. I'm Joe Murray. You're listening to the Safety Insurance 98.5 The Sports of Patriots Radio Network. Listen live. Check out our podcast with the 98.5 The Sports Hub app. All right, back here in the Shaw's and Star Market Patriots post-game show, Defender of the Game, presented by 128 Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electric. The company that finishes every job strong, let them defend your home from plumbing, heating, cooling, or electrical issues. When your home can't wait, call 128. Visit call128.com. We're joined by Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal. Hey, Greg, the uh, defense, you know, at, at times played very well. Um, you know, they had some a couple issues around third down, but for the most part, uh, they got an interception late. Uh, and they gave up, what, uh, in the end, 20 points with the pick six? So another, I guess, decent performance from the defense today. Yeah, um, you know, no question. I think that um, Gerard Mayo, Steve Belichick, and <clears throat> Demarcus Covington had those guys ready. Um, they played Josh Allen enough to understand, um, hopefully. Uh, they've certainly done better um, in recent times than they did uh, for a while there. Uh, defending him, the Bills only had 4.1 yards per play, uh, which is god awful. You know, you do you have to factor in that this Bills offense is not exactly firing in all cylinders at this point. Um, when you know the running back James Cook, who only had average three point yards, uh, 3.0 yards per carry, which is no surprise considering the the Patriots have the number two run defense in DVOA. If Cook's not heating up, then they have a tough time. I mean, their their best offensive game of late happened when Josh Allen had like, I don't know, a dozen throws or something like that. So there's something big time amiss with the Bills. I do think that the Patriots had a lot to do with that uh, today. The Bills were 7 of 15 on, on third down. Uh, the big, the killer play was the one to uh, Dalton Kincaid on the opening drive of the second half. It was 50-something yards. Kyle Duggar uh, looked like he wasn't aware that the snap was coming, was caught behind. There should have been help. Um, rarely are the Patriots in that situation without help over the top. I think somebody busted that coverage. I don't think it was all on Duggar. Um, you know, but I, I think overall the Patriots did a, the defense did a nice job as they have all season. 
Um, and we got a couple of calls on this one, so I'll just ask you before we let you go here. Uh, next week against the Jets, do you think they'll approach it like they've approached the last few games? Uh, do you think we'll hear more, uh, kind of like the reports we heard today, potentially of Brian Flores, Josh McDaniels? Are we gonna? Are things gonna come out and leak out during Jets week this week that could put potentially this as Bill Belichick's last game in New England? Hmm. Um, it's a really good question. I, I can't tell you, you know, one way or the other. I mean, it just seems like, you know, trending from, you know, different reports, um, you know, whether it's NFL Network or, you know, Mike Giardi and that, you know, Belichick, uh, even I think Andrew Callahan at the Boston Herald pu- pu- published something uh, not too long ago that basically says, like, even Belichick is, you know, basically – questioning his long-term standing here uh, privately. And so we'll probably hear more of that um, successions plans. You know, I don't know. I do think, I think Flores is an interesting name. Um, if you look at the Patriots history, the Crafts history of hiring between Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick, uh, guys like Brian Flores and Mike Vrabel, would make a lot of sense sort of, you know, they have experience as head coach have been successful defensive coordinators, other places, um, you know, G- Gerard Mayo obviously is, is still there and a factor and he has a lot of pluses, um, you know, in his favor and he, and he gives the Patriots an out. Should they not the crafts an out, should they not want to have too much change, uh, which could also get very expensive for them. It has to be mentioned. I don't know if it will be a factor or won't be a factor, uh, but yeah, I think this is this is setting up to be one very interesting week in New England Patriots football history. Greg, if they do decide to move on from Bill Belichick, uh, whoever the new coach is, uh, what type of grace period do you think they will have? How quickly do you think they will want to see that coach uh, be successful with the Patriots? I would think they would get. Um, they would give him like the first year, you know, it was sort of like, you know, Belichick first year after Brady, you know, not much, not many people said too many things, didn't want to, uh, you know, complain about where they were, understood where they were, took Bill at his word that they were sort of, you know, resetting. I think, uh, you know, the patient sort of ran out with the Matt Patricia thing and then into this season. So I would think they get a year grace period, as long as you see some growth, with a first-year coach in the second half of the season, that's pretty big. So I think I think fans here would be patient no matter uh, who it is, and I think that's wise. All right, let's uh, end it with a couple of calls here. One on last night's game, we have Nick and Weymouth. Hey, Nick. Hey, how you doing? Um, yeah, a couple of things. I, I haven't obviously not watched every NFL game, but I'm kind of familiar with that crew. I tell you, I, I go back to the Packers game, and I started playing just like that, except in, in the Packers game with Scantling, about a 40-yard pass or about the four or five-yard line from Mahomes. The guy's smaller than Scantling. He's about 6'4". He climbs on his back. He's got like a UFC chokehold on him, and the ball ain't even there yet. <laughs> and he goes to reach for the ball, but he can't because he's carrying that guy on his back. No call. Slightly similar call last night, similar situation. Uh, inside a 10-yard, it would have been very beneficial to, to the Lions, just put it that way. Uh, and thanks, Nick. I guess where I'm going, I thought he was going to ask about the uh, 
the claiming ineligible. Um, I, yep. I, I personally, I, I don't understand the reasoning at all. Um, but we've had a day to kind of digest it. What were your thoughts on the play last night? Uh, so, you know, I do think at the end of the day, I thought the, the Lions got jobbed a little bit. Yep. Um, you know, I will say talking to texting with people around the league uh, last night and today about the play. I do think the consensus is that the that the Lions were too tricky for their own good and got burned at the end. Um, I think they tried to make it cloudy for the Cowboys. They ended up making cloudy for the official look at the end of the day. It's Brad Allen's fault, the official, for not getting it right. Uh, but, you know, the Eagles, not the Eagles, um, the Lions sent three offensive linemen over to the official before that play. Mm-hmm. Like, you just don't do that. When you do that, you invite an error to be made. You know, if there's one guy who's reporting as, look, I'm eligible on this, then that guy needs to go over there. They sent. Two offensive linemen plus, you know, Dan Skipper, he's a journeyman, uh, ran onto the field very late. It was very confusing for the official, and they sort of, you know, got burned by their own doing. Yeah, I just go back to the old penny days, you know, just wear the penny. You know, we, we, we <laughs> used to do that in the old practice back in the day. I'm the eligible guy. Yeah, it was a uh, that was a tough one to watch last night, but uh, they wanted to go for two. Um, I think everybody in the world said, hey, give your team a chance. But I, it sounded like what Campbell said after the game was they were going to go for two no matter what. And uh, After that, I thought the only thing I'll add is that after that, after the penalty, like just kick the kick the extra right. point and go yeah. to overtime. Yeah. Like don't don't go nuts, man. How many play? How many plays do you think Ben Johnson has to run in that? You you had. I told my wife. I said they are going to have a very special play on this one. Once it was burned, just kick the field goal and keep going. And I thought both teams, even McCarthy's uh, clock management was awful. Oh, awful. On that second awful. down before then. And just while we're on that, the Buffalo Bills could could still not make the playoffs. Um, I don't think they were terrible today, but I thought Josh Allen was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was telling Leroy, I kind of like teams that win like this. It doesn't look good early on, but then they've been in so many tight games. If they can make the playoffs, because that's still the big thing. They play the Dolphins. If they lose, they make playoffs next week. But the way that they've won four in a row here, who would have thought at the end of the year that they may not be a playoff team? Yeah, I just think the, you know, outside of the Ravens, who seem to be hitting their stride right now, I think, you know, everybody has their flaws. I mean, among the Chiefs, the Bills, the Dolphins, you know, the would-be contenders in the AFC. So, you know, in, in with Baltimore, you can never rule out that they're just going to choke their faces off um, in the in the postseason, and they have a history of doing that. And so uh, I think that uh, anything is at play in the AFC. All right, Greg, well, Happy New Year to you. Uh, I'm sure you'll be up you all guys night. You guys too. And uh, I, we'll have one more week to go next week. Do we know what time <laughs> next week's game is, by the way? I haven't seen it yet. Or what day it is? <laughs> Couldn't sure. it be on Saturday or no? Could. I'm hoping Sunday at 1. That's uh, that's what I'm hoping for. Saturday at oh, 1. Yeah, they're all TBD on. right now on the NFL <laughs> uh, internal site. They're this. all, all t- TBD. Let's get this thing going here. But go check out Greg's yeah. work. Boston Sports Journal. Greg, appreciate it. Happy New Year to you. We'll yes. talk to you at Felger Maz this week, and then uh, we'll see you next week for the final week of the year. You too. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal. Check out all his work and read that article on Trent Brown because he's missing out on $6.5 million. Mm. It's a lot of money. It is.